church. Uh, my name is Anthony. I'm glad you guys are here. And um, I think today might be the last day to wear shorts on a Sunday. So I hope that you indulged in that. Um, it's supposed to be 87 degrees today, and that is the fall weather that is the good fall weather. Um, we are going to wrap up this series called uh, Come Home today. We've been looking at it for the last couple of weeks and uh, get ready to go into a new series for the month of October um, next week. Uh, I have just uh, one announcement to make before I share today and then a couple during the message that are relevant to what we'll be talking about. Um, but as um, most of you know, and if, and if you haven't, this may be new news, uh, but our associate pastor, Casey Freshour, and his wife and our free generation pastor, uh, Bridget Freshour, they are um, moving on from our church. They feel like God is leading them to go and do new things. And so we are I'm excited to see what their next season is. Uh, we are extremely sad uh, to see them go, but we also uh, love them and want to bless them. And so um, today is actually will be Casey's last time officially leading here. We'll probably invite him back to be a guest leader. Um, hopefully he'll come and do that. But uh, uh, we are having a send-off party for them next Sunday um, and that's going to be, I actually forgot what time, 6.30. So next Sunday night at 6.30, there'll be a send-off party here for them. There will be pie served, and we are asking you to bring cards, and if you'd like gifts, uh, to bless them on this next stage of their journey. Uh, we will next Sunday morning be kind of officially um, sending them off, praying over them, and then have the party in the evening. And so um, make sure over the next couple weeks and beyond that you let them know how much we appreciate them and have appreciated them and how much you bless them. And uh, that will be next Sunday evening. And so with that, um, I would love for you to turn in the Bible to, let's see, where do we want to go? Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 7. There's a couple verses I could have you turn to, but Matthew 7 is where we'll kind of have our text for today. If you have a Bible, you can look that up. Uh, pretty soon on our app, we'll have verses you can follow along with too. And we don't need to have it up on the screen yet, but if you just want to have that ready to read when you are good to go. We um, have something here, um, and, and I didn't know that it didn't exist other places, but I was talking with my wife who was talking with our friend Donna, who just moved here from Arizona. And apparently, um, some houses in Arizona do not have crawl spaces. But here, um, and I thought most places have crawl spaces under their house. And a crawl space is like the first level of hell. Um, <laughs> because underneath your house in that crawl space are, are things that should not be encountered. Last November, I think it was, um, my son woke up, um, went downstairs to get ready for school, and his 50-gallon fish tank was just empty. We don't know where the water went. We were like, oh my gosh, where's the water? And uh, the few fish that were in the tank were just like barely holding on with just a little teeny bit of water uh, at the bottom of the tank. And so we looked all over. There wasn't, there wasn't even a drop of water anywhere in our house or in uh, the floor, nothing. And so um, I had to go down into the crawl space uh, to find out and to discover what was there. And, and I discovered all sorts of things. Now, uh, I'm not a scared of too many things, but... There are two things I am very scared of, and one is rats, and the other is possums, which are just bigger rats. And thank God there were none there then. We had those in our house later on in the year. Um, but, man, crawl spaces are terrifying. 
But if you go down into a crawl space, or even if you look at the foundation of your house from the outside, you can see where the foundation holds the house in place to the ground and make sure that your house doesn't scoot to one direction. If there is an earthquake, it makes sure that your house does not collapse. It holds the structure up. Foundations are crucially important. If you don't have a good foundation, you don't have a good house. Your house will not stand. And so some of you have lived through earthquakes, either here in Oregon or in other states. And one thing that you do after an earthquake is you look to see if the foundation has been damaged, if the walls have been damaged. And so foundations are incredibly important. And we're going to wrap up our series on coming home with a look at foundations. Uh, first week of the series, we talked about the idea of bringing people home, carrying those we love who are homesick and who are homeless back home to the Father where they were created to belong. We've, we've introduced this idea that home is where God is. We are at home with him, in relationship with him, and in Jesus Christ, we are at home for eternity with him. And we discussed that sometimes we need to carry those we love. Sometimes we need to have faith for those we love that do not have it for themselves to carry them home to the Father, to introduce them to Jesus so that they can make a decision of whether or not they will choose to follow this Jesus. Last week, we looked at not the idea of bringing people home, but just the idea of us coming home in general, that Through the story of the prodigal son, we learn that when we stray away from home, that we can return. That the father is always waiting and watching and wanting for us to return. And when we just simply turn around and take our next step toward home, the father is there waiting for us. He will run to us. He will embrace us and he will accept us. But in the same radical love that he has to accept us, he also loves us enough to not let us stay where we are. He loves us enough to take us out of the pig pen and invite us into the house. And the thing that stuck out to me last week was this concept that a pig pen cannot fit through the front door of a house. And so you have to leave it outside. You cannot take it with you. And so when we're welcome home to be with the Father, we're covered in righteousness, we're declared To be a child of God, we are cleaned of our sins, we are given purpose, and we're invited into the fullness of joy and blessing in the house of God, and those things cannot coexist while we continue to unrepentantly and frequently wallow in our sins like a pig wallows in a pig pen. And so this week, we're going to wrap up the series, again, with a look at foundations, a look at securing our homes. The most important thing... The first thing is that we actually come home. It's crucial that we bring others home to God as well. But what about our home? What do we do when we come home? How do we ensure that we don't stray and become a prodigal son ourselves once we return home to the Father? And so once you and I return, once we enter into the Father's arms, once we enter back into our home in the Father's house, it is crucial that we take our position in the home seriously. And it is pivotal that we build our home with God, that we build the home of our heart, and that we build the home of our family on a firm foundation. In his conclusion... 
to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine, and this is, again, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He's literally implying these words I just spoke. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So remember that word, if you could, a wise man or or someone who possesses wisdom. Whoever hears these words and does them will be like someone who possesses wisdom and builds their house on a rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fail because it had been founded. It had been secured. Its foundation had been laid on the rock. Verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine, the ones that I just spoke, everyone who hears these words and does not do them will be like a foolish man. So in comparison to a wise man, someone who builds their house not on a rock, they will be a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Building a house on the sand is is not a wise thing to do. The sand shifts with time and wind and rain and storms and the tide, and it shifts around so that a building would collapse. It says, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of this house that was built on the sand because the builder was like a foolish person who hears the words of Jesus but does not do them. And so wisdom is hearing and doing and obeying the word of God. It's Proverbs 9 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if we want to be wise like King Solomon was wise and as King Solomon asked God to make him wise, if we want to be wise, we need to first hear the words and we need to do the words and then we become people of wisdom. Those who hear and do God's word Our homes, their homes, are built on a firm foundation. Specifically, Jesus says, it's like a home that is built on a rock. I was watching this documentary yesterday while I was doing some work around the house, and uh, I learned, and this was just the most random video to watch, but Long Island, New York, is essentially just sand that was left there from moving glaciers, and there are no skyscrapers on Long Island, but if you just go a bit to the south, you will find on Manhattan is the largest grouping of skyscrapers in the United States because there is bedrock underneath Manhattan, and those skyscrapers are built. Aren't you glad you came to church to learn that today? That just came to mind. I'm like, I remember this. Very important stuff. And so... This house that Jesus is talking about that is built on the wisdom of hearing and doing the word, it is built on a rock. Now, this is so relevant because we learn throughout the Gospels that Jesus is actually the rock he's talking about. Matthew 16, Jesus said he would build his church on the rock, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Jesus is the rock that we are to build our life on. 
Jesus is the rock we are to build our homes and our families on. And every home, every life, every heart, every church, every relationship, every marriage, and every family experiences storms. Did you notice that Jesus did not say, it is like a man who built his house on a rock, and if the storms come, and if the rain falls, and if the waves and the wind blow, he didn't say if. He just said they did. It is not in your life if a storm comes. In your life, it is when the storm comes, and they will. Storms will come. And I hate to say it, but I absolutely guarantee it. You say, well, pastor, my life is put together and and storms will not come. They will come. Even the nicest homes with the nicest picket fences and the best paint jobs and the best roof and the best foundation, even the most beautiful, nicest most put-together homes experience storms. Jesus says in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. This is for the Christian, by the way. Um, I think that people are well-meaning when they proclaim it and preach it, but I hate the prosperity gospel. I hate a gospel that says Christians who are obedient will not not experience storms because that is contrary to the actual gospel. Jesus says, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Christians experience storms. In some cases, I, I might even say sometimes Christians experience more storms. Christians experience storms. Jesus does not stop storms in the lives of Christians in this life as we know it. He, he probably stops many of them, but he doesn't stop them altogether. But through Jesus, you can overcome storms. Through Jesus, you can withstand storms. Only homes that are built on the firm foundational rock of Christ will be able to stand. But everything else in this life that we build our lives on is like sinking sand. And when the storms crash against our homes built on sand, they will not stand, and great will be the fall of them. So how do we establish a firm foundation in Christ? How can we build up such a foundation for our home? When we come home, what do we do once we're there? How do we build this firm foundation? Because we know a storm is coming. And so how do we withstand the storm? Well, um, I'm going to give you, I don't usually like to be the list or bullet point pastor, but there's no other way around this. I'm going to give you today just um, six brief steps of how you can build a foundation for your home. And if you could just consider each of these six things a, a large stone that you are placing and putting a foundation of your faith to build a secure home on, that would be a great way to look at it. So how do you build this foundation? Well, first and foremost, and in context of this verse, to build a foundation is to hear the word of Jesus. Well, how do you hear the words of Jesus? We hear the words of Jesus 
by reading the word of Jesus. John tells us that Jesus is the word. The word of God is what we call today scripture breathed out and inspired by the spirit of God. This is how our faith is built to withstand storms. Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. If you want to build up the foundation of faith in your life, it comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. I believe that is the same as reading. It is the same as hearing. Anytime we are absorbing and studying and consuming God's word, faith comes. And as faith comes and as our faith is built up, it builds a foundation so that we can withstand the storm. And so being in and being obedient to God's word, hearing God's word and doing God's word, it's the first step of our home being built on the foundation of Jesus. So be in the word. Know the word. Hear the word. Meditate on the word. Memorize the word. Think about, think through the word of God. That's step foundation number one. But number two, what, what, what do we do to build our foundation of our home on Jesus Christ? I would encourage you to build your foundation on worship. Build your foundation on worship. Worship is a way to keep our focus off of ourselves. Worship is a way to keep our focus off the troubles of this world, to keep our focus off of worry, because those things build sandy foundations. So to keep our focus on Christ is to worship Christ. Christ is the one by whom, for whom, and through whom all things have been created. Christ is our foundation, so we are called to bring his name glory, to lift it up, to bring him honor and praise, to bless the name of the Lord. You say, well, how can I build such a foundation if worship only happens once a week? Um, Worship is not church. It can be. Worship is not music. It can be. Worship is doing anything your hand finds to do, as if you're doing it to the Lord. The Bible says that we were bought with a price, so honor God with your body. You worship God by what you do and what you don't do with your body. You worship God through your work, through your relationships, through your sexuality, through your families, through your parenting, through your marriage, through your money, through your stuff. Worship is life. It's why we were created. This is called Vision Weekends. Our vision for our church this year is is to be in worship. So build your life on the foundation of worship, and I want to encourage you as a church to come together and worship together as you worship through your work, through your home life, through your family life. Look for opportunities to worship. And I, I think I have a slide that actually shows ways you can worship with free church this year, but one way you can worship is just simply come to church to worship with each other. Join us on on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. Come to, like tonight, our preview and worship service at the Ike Box at 6.30. That was a magnificent time of worship last month, and we're going to do it again tonight. Uh, We had an awesome ladies' night this last Friday night, and 
uh, women were here listening to the word, praying and ministering to and for one another. It was an act of worship. Men are going to gather next month. They're going to worship. Youth group meets every single Wednesday night. They gather and they worship. I would encourage you this year to devote yourself to worship, to find ways to worship God every single day of the week. Maybe for you it's going to be listening to praise and worship music, or maybe for you it will be forcing yourself to get away from a screen and out into the sunshine to experience the creation of God. Dedicate your life to worshiping and build a firm foundation. Well, what other stones do you need to lay in order to build a foundation? Um, the third thing we can do to build a strong foundation, not just hearing and doing God's word and worshiping, but we can choose to grow in our relationship with Christ. You see, if we don't tend to our foundation. If we don't build on our foundation, our foundation will weaken. And areas of our lives will become more vulnerable if we do not continuously lay and strengthen and repair the foundation. Uh, I've been married for um, 23 years. And my relationship with my wife didn't stop the day we got married. It actually progressed. It grew it evolved. I evolved. Maybe devolved a little bit. Um, the relationship strengthened. And so I don't want to just have a moment with Jesus. I don't want to just have an encounter with Jesus. I want to have a growing relationship with Jesus. I want to learn more about Jesus. I want to get closer to Jesus. I want to speak with Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. And so for this year at Free Church, our vision is that we would grow together in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And one of the ways that we grow in our relationship with Christ is to know more about him. And so some ways that you can grow in your faith through this church outside of what you do in your home, and we have a slide for that as well, is we just encourage you um, to choose to grow by involving yourself in um, what we're calling this year, and Paula mentioned it a bit ago, something called Freeway. And when you name your church Free Church, the names are endless. And so Freeway is going to be our discipleship track here at Free Church that we are rolling out this year, uh, and it starts next weekend right after our um, 9 o'clock service with what we're calling On-Ramp Brunch. Um, if you've never been to a new here, start here lunch before, uh, please come to this. An, an on-ramp brunch is how you can learn how to get connected and serve and to grow here at Free Church. And Freeway is going to have an assortment of things. Um, theology classes. It's going to have avenues for you to serve. It's going to have avenues for you to connect and to continue your theological growth in Jesus Christ. And the first step in this is a class that's going to be starting actually on October the 17th, it may say the 10th there, but on October the 17th will be our first freeway class um, here at Free Church called, and this is perfect for this message, Foundations of uh, the Faith. We'll be looking at what our foundations of the Christian faith are. That's going to be a nine to ten week class uh, taught by Dr. Nathan Amerson, uh, our resident theologian who will be teaching about what Christians believe about being a Christian. And that will, we have another slide that shows areas that this freeway is going to go. Uh, after Foundations of Faith, we have a spiritual disciplines class. How do you live out your faith? 
We then have a worldview class. How should Christians look at their culture? There's going to be a lot of opportunity beyond that to be mentored and to continue to learn and to grow. And so I'd encourage you, it's, it's available on our app today to register for Foundations of Faith class. You can register for that. Um, it will be, again, here at Free Church. All of our interns are taking it. It's going to be a fantastic opportunity to learn. What is the fourth foundational stone you can lay in your life? Um, it's not just hearing and doing the word. It's not just worship. It's not just growing. But connecting with others is vital in laying the foundation of our home. It is crucial that you and I lean on others. It is important that we carry each other's burdens. It is crucial that we hold up the arms of our brothers and sisters to lighten their load. Connecting with others is how strong foundations are built and maintained. Genesis 2.18, God says it's not good for man to be alone. First, uh, it's Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one. Proverbs 27.17, iron sharpens iron. Each of us, the New Testament tells us, are members of the body of Christ. And an individual outside of a body is, is useless and vulnerable and insecure. But when we gather together as a body, join together, working together as different parts of the body, that is where we find a strong foundation. You and I need each other. There are opportunities to connect in church. There's opportunities to connect at Free Church. And again, when you have the name Free, the names are endless. And so starting in October, we're going to be starting what we're just calling Free Fam Home Groups. And so we used to call these small groups. We have home groups starting in the month of October. And you should have or should be getting a text message and an email if you're in our database. And then on social media today, there's a survey we're sending out just to solidify some of the groups that we're going to have um, to find out what areas of town we may need a group that we don't have one and what days and times of the week are better. And so we'll have home groups starting in October. Now, here, here's a secret I'm going to give you about pastoring that I shouldn't give you because it's a trade secret. And it's this. The people who say that there aren't opportunities to connect and complain that they don't connect with people are the same people that never do the things that the church has for them to connect. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. And so if you'd like to connect with people, we have some home groups. Um, we're starting these women's and men's events so that you can connect with people. Connecting is crucial. And at the end of this year, um, in the late spring, we're going to be starting not just home groups, but also support ministry groups. We're going to have a group for people who are divorced to get support. We're going to have a group for people who have been recovering or have experienced an affair, and they're going to get support. And we're going to have a group for um, dads who have experienced um, a woman in their life experience an unplanned pregnancy and, and how we can not just support moms but support dads as well and that ministry will grow from there these are great opportunities to connect last two things one of the greatest ways you can lay a foundation for your faith the fifth thing is to serve serving is essential in having a firm foundation serving like worship and as a form of worship, 
helps keep our eyes and our focus off of ourselves and keep them on Christ. Because when you and I spend all of our time on ourselves, when we spend all of our money on ourselves, and when we only serve ourselves, our foundation grows weaker and weaker because we become the object of our worship. And we basically become God to ourselves when the only one we serve is us and not serving others and by serving others serve God. Jesus says in Mark 10, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We also learn from Jesus that when we only lay up treasure on this earth, that that treasure sinks into a sandy, weak foundation. And we learn that laying up treasures in heaven secures our foundation as we look to God as our source and our provider. And when we lay our treasure in heaven, it secures our heart firmly in his kingdom. So if I want to make sure that my foundation is secure in Christ, I must, as Jesus says, first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things, Jesus says, will be added to us. So our vision this year is to see you serve, not just at this church, but to see you serve. We have something that we're just calling team free, that is serving in a ministry at Free Church. Um, Everybody who calls this church home should be serving the local church in some way. Uh, We had a volunteer fair a couple of weeks ago, and if you're looking for a place to serve, you can sign up to serve on our app or on our website. We would love to get you connected, plugged in, serving. And what I often tell people is the church doesn't need people to serve, but the people of the church need to serve because it helps them build a firm foundation. Everybody needs to serve somewhere. You say, where's the greatest need? Well, there's all sorts of needs. Look for ways to serve in your church. Look for ways to serve in your community. Look for friends and family to serve as well. One way that we serve is actually by giving. I don't have a slide with this information, but one of our DNA statements as a church is that if you are saved, you serve. And the comment of that statement, if you are saved, you serve, is this, is that as a church, we're not consumers, But every Christian, every person that's a part of Free Church contributes with time, talent, and treasure to kingdom growth. And so it's not just serving and volunteering that is a way that we serve, but we actually serve through giving. Giving God our first and our best to experience his blessings in our finances and in our work and in the things of this life that God cares for for us when we entrust those things to you. And so if you are a part of a church, and if it's this church, that's awesome, but I would encourage you to tithe, to give God your first and your best through that church as an act of worship and to support the ministries of that church, because when you do, it's laying up treasure in heaven, and where your treasure is, your heart is. So are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you giving above and beyond tithing to organizations and missionaries and nonprofits and even other churches I am telling you that you can never outgive God. There is so much more blessing in giving than there is receiving. In fact, that's a Bible verse. And so it's blessed to give more so than it is to receive. That is a way that you serve. And as a church, we typically don't have like giving projects, but we have about one or two a year. And I will tell you the only one that we have this year, and it is holiday giving. 
looking ahead to the holidays on this 87 degree last Sunday of September, um, we are collecting money beginning now for families in our community, some of them a part of our church community, um, some of them through networks that we serve with like pole gyms um, that is ministering to women in the adult entertainment industry, um, ministering to single moms, but we're collecting resources to give to families for Thanksgiving. We're raising $5,000 for Thanksgiving. And then we're raising $5,000 to give families for Christmas. Last year, I think we gave away a little over five, and I told Paula, no, we need, we need to aim higher. Let's give more. We'd like to give 10000 to families this year, and I'd encourage you start giving something now as we approach Thanksgiving. And how we do this is we just simply give families gift cards to go buy their own Thanksgiving meals because each family has their own traditions and things that they like. Some families don't like stuffing. Some love stuffing. And so they get to choose what they buy, what they eat for Thanksgiving. And likewise with Christmas, not just buying random things to give children for Christmas, but allowing moms and dads and empowering them to buy gifts for their own children. And this has been such a blessing to watch play out over the last couple years that we've done this. And this year, uh, we'd like to double it. And so you can give to that by just simply giving to the holiday give option on text to give on our website or on our app because we believe that a firm foundation is laid by giving and by serving. Last thing is this. We build foundation through hearing and doing God's word. We build our foundation in Christ by worshiping Christ, by growing in relationship with Christ, by connecting with others who love Christ, by serving the world for Christ. And then finally, one way that we build our foundation is simply by sharing our faith. Sharing our faith is one of the greatest ways to have a secure foundation. Because it is obeying and doing literally the most direct commandment of Jesus. Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father the Son, the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And he says, don't worry, I'm going to be with you till the end of days. When we share our faith, we are fulfilling and obeying what we as Christians have called for centuries the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. It's hearing God's word and doing it. So sharing your faith brings glory to God. It helps us grow closer to God. It's a way to connect with others. It's a, one of the greatest acts of service you could take part in. The joy and fulfillment of bringing someone home to Christ. That is a solid foundation to build your faith on. And we'll give you a way kind of to cheat on sharing your faith, and that's just inviting someone to church. That, that's the easy way to share your faith. But, but a more practical, effective way is sharing your story, sharing what Christ has done in you, how your foundation's built on him, and inviting people to place their faith in Jesus just as you have. And if you'd like an easy out, at least invite someone to church. We're committed this year to share the gospel and invite people to faith every single weekend. And every single weekend, we've seen people come to faith. Next week, we're going to be baptizing people who are coming to faith. Um, I have here on the screen we have a new series starting next week for the entire month of October. It is simply called Supernatural. And it is just simply an October series on the Holy Spirit and specifically the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are these things that sometimes we think are weird 
are actually very natural, very normal. I'd encourage you, invite your friends and family. Make sure you take part in this as we're going to be talking about very important things like prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, healing, being filled with the Spirit. It's going to be a very impactful series. So this is how we lay a foundation. This is how we build on our relationship with Christ. And as I wrap this up, I just want to tell just a a brief story and invite you to respond in building a foundation for yourself. I mentioned earlier that Christians experience storms. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have experienced a storm before? Some of you might be thinking, whoa, I've experienced a hurricane or tornado, just a tsunami of crisis in my life where my foundation has been shaken. Some of you might be experiencing little storms right now. Some of you might be experiencing big ones. Sometimes we keep our storms secret. I'd encourage you not to do that, but to share them with others. But there's been periods of my life in the life of, of my marriage where I or we've experienced storms. And one, one particular time, um, things in our life, in my marriage and my family, was going very well, but a storm came very hard. And when storms come hard, they surprise you. You don't expect them to come. You don't expect them to shake you so much. And the only way that, that my marriage or my family got through such a storm was not because of anything that we had done, but because of who God is and what God had done and was doing and continues to do in our lives. But I can tell you this. If there had not been years of building foundations before that particular storm struck, the house would have fallen. No doubt. Building a foundation now is an investment into your future so that when a storm comes, you can weather it. Will it be easy? Oh, no, it will not. Will storms be painful? Will storms test every ounce of your faith? Yeah, they will. Will storms threaten your marriage, threaten the lives of or the spiritual well-being of your children? Absolutely. You and I will and do experience storms. The reason I share that story is this. It's my encouragement for you. Please do not wait until a storm comes to start building a foundation. That's what most of us do. Most of us start to think about laying a foundation in the middle of of a storm. When a storm passes, that's a good time to build a foundation. While the storm's going on, yeah, build away. But if you want to prepare yourself for the storm that is coming, build the foundation now. Start hearing God's word. Start doing God's word. Start worshiping God. If you don't worship God when the storm isn't here, it'll be very hard to worship him when the storm is. Start choosing now to grow in your faith. When the storm comes, it's very hard to focus on anything else but the storm. But before the storm comes, start building your faith. 
Choose to connect with others. Oftentimes, we try to scramble and connect with others to help us when we never built connections or relationships with them before, and we wonder why we don't have anyone when there is a storm. If you start building relationships now, those people will be there for the storms. And here's something about storms. Storms prove who your real friends are, by the way. And you'll find out if you start investing in them now, they'll be there for you when a storm comes. Next is serving. Start serving now. It's going to be very hard to serve in a storm. Start serving now because serving is literally laying up treasure in heaven. That's what Jesus says. It's laying up treasure in heaven. And where our treasure is, our heart is, and our heart becomes more secure. You must look for ways to serve or else your entire life will be built on sand. And then finally, share your faith. Share your faith. Invite people to build foundations with you. Invite people to build their house, their home, on the secure rock that is Christ, start building now. So if you're going to bow your heads and close your eyes, I'll wrap this up with a time of prayer. Question. Is your life built on Christ? Is your home built on Christ? Jesus says himself, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him, that's Jesus, will not perish but have everlasting life, an eternal foundation. Paul, the apostle, he writes in his book, Romans, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, the rock of your life. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved through the coming storms. The book of Acts and the book of Romans both say, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Jesus lived a perfect life in your place, in my place, that we could not live. He died the death that we deserve to die, taking on the punishment for our sins upon himself, though he was sinless. And he rose from the grave. Through his life and his death, and ultimately and victoriously his resurrection, he offers freely to us as a gift of grace forgiveness of sins, a restored relationship with God, being filled with his spirit, and being given everlasting life. He offers to us a secure foundation on the rock that is him. And he offers it freely. And when a gift is offered freely to receive it, one must respond in faith. For by grace, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God so that no one may boast. So I'm inviting you today. Come home. Put your trust in Jesus. When no one looking around, if you'd say today, today I, I need Jesus. I don't have the answers to all my questions, but I don't even have a foundation built at all. And today I want to trust in Jesus so that I might be forgiven and have relationship with God. And I want to turn from the way I was living and turn towards Jesus and put all my trust in him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and put it right back down and say, today I, I'd like relationship with Christ. 
I'd like to start that new with him. I want him as my foundation. Do you need to work on these areas in your life? Do you need to work on worshiping? I do. Do you need to work on being in the word? I do. Do you need to work on growing? Yeah, I do. Do you need to work on connecting with others? We all do. Do you need to be serving? We all need to be serving. Do you need to be serving more? Maybe maybe some of you actually, to start serving, might actually be serving a little less because maybe you filled all your time with serving and you have no time, just you and Jesus. Are you giving right now? Is you, are you laying up treasure in heaven? Because that's a way you build foundation. Are you sharing your faith? Is your home broken? Are you what we would call from a, a broken home? Come home. Are there people in your lives now who have a broken home? Carry them home. And let's build better foundations together. God, we submit this time, this word, this time of ministry we're about to enter into, this song we're about to sing, and the rest of this beautiful day, we submit it to you. God, heal our broken homes. Help us to come home to you, to bring others with us, and to build firm and strong foundations. In Jesus' name. Do you stand as, as we sing? And as we sing... Um, I'll be up here with some of our team. We'd love to pray for you. If your home is broken, let us pray for you. If you need a stronger foundation, come up. Let us, let us pray for you. We'll be here after the service is over. While we're singing, we would love to bless you, to believe with you for God to do great things in your life.